Good day, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is another episode of Smart Home Steward People, as you can see up above, the origins of stress. Today's, uh, today's a bit of an interesting day. Maddie has a big headache, and uh, <laughs> so she just took, uh, I don't know if she took a pill or a, a whiskey or whatnot, but she took something. I took something, She yeah. took something, and now she's going to try and ease into the situation. Which, and, yeah. <laughs> which, what? Which might also be... Very suitable, actually, for that topic. <laughs> a bit relevant today. A little bit, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Madeline's second book just came out. Yeah. And the second book is all about stress. It's all about, um, well, like the t- like the title of the show, the origins of stress. But it's a little more than that. She goes really into this deep revelation that she has had that stress isn't bad. Yeah. We often think of stress as this. Horrible um, offender, right? <laughs> that uh, that w- when he comes along, everything is bad and everything gets worse and, and, and happiness suffers and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out from, you know, uh, what you've written in your book, what you've discovered through your studies, that stress is actually more of an indicator than, yeah. than perhaps actually um, something to even be called positive or negative. Yeah, it, it it starts already about the word, you know, like if you see it the way I see it <laughs> from a mm-hmm. biological point of view, it is definitely a sign that, you know, your environment is not suitable anymore. It's not supporting your health. It's not supporting your your fitness in that regard and that you have to change something. And I like that point. I like this view on stress mm-hmm. because um, it, it it shows you that first of all everything can cause stress out there everything can become a stress factor whenever you feel you know your performance is going down this is already a sign of uh, stress and everything or everyone is individual and in, in, in is yep. um, unique yep. so what is stressful for me is not necessarily stressful for you or for right. you know someone else. Well, from what I understand, the point is really that um, it's ignoring stress that actually becomes negative. That stress is telling you, "Hey, yeah. something's up. Yeah, uh, take a look at this." Right? Yeah, and it's. I think it's just so normal to every one of us. Like you know, we're all stressed all the time. So we say, as, as, "Yeah." So we say, "As this right? would be something." that is just a status quo <laughs> just just life is just like that but mm-hmm. i would say um life is not like that it's just because you choose the wrong condition of your life and you just experience that situation that you might have made some decisions in your past that would not let you to a place in life where you are supported by your yep. environment and where you would feel less stressed actually well, i try to right now i'm in a, an interesting i think place in my life um I'm now self-employed again while I'm, I'm you know, taking a, a bit of time off to uh, fix the house and kind of recuperate a little bit. Uh, I, I didn't realize how, um, under, how much under, like, under how much pressure I really have been over the last yeah. couple of years. It's starting to sink in now that I've taken it away. Yeah. You know, um, daily I'm trying to uh, focus more on exercising, um, eating, you know, actually eating three times a day properly mm-hmm. and having time to cook and all that stuff. 
Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, do a lot of other things. Like uh, right now, the, the weather's starting to get a little bit warmer, so the ice is thawing out on the on the lake. <laughs> um, but still going out and you know, cutting holes in the in the ice and going swimming or or um, exposure, you know, just um, just to get used to these things. And it's interesting because when we talk about stress, cold is a big stress. I think stressor, as they say, for yeah. a lot of people. And um, I, I ran into a guy at the beach the other day. He was uh, just there with his son, and um, he saw me and my friend hacking up uh, the ice to go in, mm. right? And he's like, uh, "You know how isn't isn't it crappy? Doesn't it suck? <laughs> isn't it painful?" And and I and the first reaction, you know, for most people is, "Yeah, you know, when you expect something to be uncomfortable, yeah. it is." But I told him, I said, "Actually, the 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 big thing about it is learning to do it." To be relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's, I think, a big thing with a lot of the stressors, um, you know, for me in work, it had been really difficult sometimes to make it through the day without getting, um, I don't know, like, uh, w w without without getting angry or upset mm. or disappointed and all that kind of stuff. And it was the funny thing that, you know, just like going into the water, um, the ability to go through something and be relaxed allows you to uh, adapt and change and alter and if you i find that if it's a situation where i can't mm. relax and adapt then i shouldn't be there and that's something that i started to realize with yep. work is that true. the stress was telling me something has to change going into the water for me what had to change was you have to relax mm. you know if i could re if i'm relaxing in the cold ice water i'm there for a few minutes yeah. if i'm there all nervous and anxious and unhappy um it's, i'm not going to last that long right yeah 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 absolutely but it's the same thing at work right if if, if i go to work all the time and i, I don't want to be there i'm not happy i'm just thinking about all the other things i could be doing then it it it, it you know there's there's a physical reaction that happens. We might call it, uh, you know, disease, uh, yeah. cancers, all these things, all these things in our body that we're typically normally conquering and fighting, you know, uh, are all of a sudden now becoming big problems for us. Yeah. So in, in your book, um, how would you say, like, for the listening world now, um, how would you how would you say like the main message behind it really for you is and what you've really discovered in it in more of a kind of a scientific world? Mm -hmm. Um, the main thing hmm. <laughs> there are a couple things. Here, that I'm gonna bring up a picture of it so people can see what okay. it looks like. Yes. Too. <laughs> uh, just maybe one, before I answer that, one more mm -hmm. thing. I also read that you know stress occurs when you not accept reality, when you are right. you know not acknowledging what is and not somehow be okay with what is as long as you fight the reality then you're really you are yeah rejecting you are putting yourself into that state of stress mm -hmm. and as just as you said you know if you're in an environment where you can't accept what is where you can't be happy with what is then you have to go somewhere else if you yeah. can't accept the cold for what it is it's just cold it's you yeah. know <laughs> then yeah. you have to to go somewhere where it's warmer or if your body is not able to adjust to it because you're not really letting it sink in yeah. and i think what i discovered is that the stress um how i see it from a from a biological point of view as you know stress when uh, increases when the fitness goes down and the fitness is just a sign of you being healthy and having good performance so it is really like a like a compass compass mm -hmm. that yeah, yeah sure. uh, for you like an indicator like an indicator for you to see to test out different environments and see how i'm actually performing in this environment mm -hmm. and 
is there, you know, how can I increase my performance through adaptation? Maybe in my behavior, I can change some things, you know, I can start exercising more that would yep. increase my performance. And then you do some adaptation to it. And I think it's a beautiful and it's amazing uh, way to look at, to stress, to really see it as a friend of yours that always gives you indications yeah. of, you know, this is good for you or this is not so it good for you. It reflects you a little bit, right? Yeah, it helps you to um, to navigate you through life mm -hmm. and shows you where you should be. And I always like to, to look into nature. Uh, there's so many different beings, animals and plants, and they all have different... Um, they all need different things from their environments. Some mm -hmm. can do really well in cold environments. Others need more heat and uh, right. humidity. And I think it's up to us to figure out what kind of animal or plant we are, <laughs> what we need in order to be happy yeah. and healthy and um, find the place where we can dig deep our roots into the soil and where we can live a happy and stable, like, yeah, uh, um, grounded life. Mm -hmm. And I think this is this is a major task in our life to really figure that out for ourselves. Right. <coughs> yeah, so the origins of stress, as as I've uh, titled this episode, um, there are a couple interesting origins about stress that I didn't know about that you had discovered in this book that are really mm -hmm. kind of shocking. And 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 <laughs> the first thing is is uh, we've we've spoken about a few of these topics mm -hmm. in our past episodes. Um, one is the actual word and the etymology of stress, mm -hmm. where it comes from, and and, and how it came to be. Um, and and two the 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 way that um, we see stress as something negative in our life, but really from a biological point of view, the origin of why these reactions happen are there to guide us. Mm -hmm. They're not there just as you mentioned. You know, they're 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 there to reflect our actions, to reflect our yeah. environment, to help us actually um, go forward in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, like I, I was mentioning before, is that the 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 amazing kind of. Now, when I take your revelation and 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 put it into context, um, I, I really see that it's only when I ignore the signals from mm -hmm. reality yeah. and say, you know, yeah, I, I get it. There's a lot of like every time I go somewhere, the same thing happens to me, and I don't like it, you know. Yeah, and and I just ignore it, and I think to myself, it's not my problem. I have to change the other people because yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. ones that keep doing that same thing to me, and I don't like it. And uh, it's an interesting dilemma in the sense that a lot of Many times you see that the concept of stress is really, it's reflecting our fear. Yeah. Right? And so when we develop this this fear, and we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, I was I wanted to give a good explanation for uh, fearism, which I can do today. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't quite there that time, but um, the ability to take something that we consider um, to be a fear and to look at why is it a fear yeah. and to get over it. I think we as as humans have this amazing ability to really deeply contemplate um, on, a, you know, on, on, a, on a past, present, yeah. future, esoteric level and, and manifest um, our reality and, 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 and bring into question what's going on. Are we happy? Why are we not happy? Where's perhaps one of the origins of our misery and happiness? And and why is why is this stress actually bothering us? Because sometimes once you've realized the stress or the stressor, we'll get into that mm -hmm. in a minute. Um, once you've realized what it is and you've kind of mentally made that connection and then you relax into it, it's no longer actually stressful. It's mm -hmm. no longer a stressor anymore because you, you've gotten past that. Yeah. And, and this is one of those... Um, things that we 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 I think we take for granted quite quite for granted in that 
in our everyday life, this is this is like this guiding force. You know, some people talk about this universal force and so on and so forth. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we talk about synchronicities and um, realistically, it's 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 just constantly there for us to interact with and to see how we can move and make be- make ourselves better and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um, before we get into the etymological side of it, what was uh, what was the, like for you with this book, what was the, the driving force for you to want to make this book? Like mm-hmm. why why stress? What, what happened there? <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wrote my first book and then the publisher came to me. He's like, you know, do you have any ideas about the second topic? And mm-hmm. I was thinking that I not really... I don't, didn't want to write about animals and cities because, you know, I was dealing with that topic for so yeah. many years. I didn't feel like oh, I have, don't want to write about it again and again. And then I remember back then I felt I didn't feel well in Frankfurt. I, I never, never could connect with that yeah, city. I always felt, felt like, like off place somehow. And then I thought to myself, you know, that feeling of not being right somewhere has that actually something to do with stress? Because when I lived in Frankfurt, my stress symptoms got really worse. I had a lot of headache and all my eyes were twitching and I lost my hair and I had a nervous breakdown. I thought maybe, you know, the feeling already being wrong there was the first stress sign that I was ignoring. And because of that, I got all the other stress symptoms piling up. Right. So, and then at the same time, I still had, uh, I still have data from my rapid research uh, during my PhD time where we really look at their health uh, status Mm -hmm. of the rabbits in the city and those on the rural area. And so we looked at the parasitation, at the blood blood parameters. Mm -hmm. So really indicators for their performance and their their fitness. So, and for that, I I, I really wanted to figure out what is stress? What is that actually? What is that word? Where does it come from? How does it all fit together? And yeah. I started reading about it, and more and more I found all these interesting. It's, it sounds like to me, like with with stress, that everybody had their own opinion as to what Absolutely. the word meant, yeah, 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 and and how to apply it in a scientific uh, yeah. uh, environment, right? I also have a friend who did a, his PhD on on stress with fish, and so we were talking mm-hmm. about this, and he said, "You know what? Let me know if you know what stress really is, because no one really knows." And uh, yeah, so that was came like a journey and then I try to figure out how to put that into a book that is not only just a, you know, a formal, uh, formal, uh, you say like transcript of, you know, what is stress and then yep. just not a Sachbuch, was that like a uh, Not like a, like a textbook. Yeah, not a textbook, say, right? but also being more like a self-help slash novel slash something mm-hmm. different. And I found that so-called big idea book from uh, Sean Coyne from the Story Grid. In, um, he's American. Mm-hmm. And I love this aspect or, or love the approach to it because he said, you know, you have a big idea. There's a phenomena out there and you want to try to explain this phenomena. And for me, it was really like, that phenomena of feeling wrong at one place and 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 having all these stress symptoms. What is mm-hmm. that? And and I thought like, yeah, it has something to do with stress. Stress yeah. should could be like a 
like a, a way for us to figure out where to go in life. And you had the ability to consult a biologist about this, which was you. <laughs> which was me, yeah. That was another quite interesting thing, you know, because right. I, I was studying biology for many, many years. And also I was reading a lot about the research of animals in cities, which has a lot to do with stress. Yeah. And so I try to bring all these different aspects together, my personal experience, the experience from be, me being a biologist mm. and also talking to other scientists. And that is what I was kind of fusing in that book. Yeah. 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 Uh, tech support just wrote that uh, um, his experience with stress is, you know, having left and moved somewhere that was warm for a few winters and coming back and re-experiencing winter. Yeah. I know this, like coming to uh, it here in Berlin, winter doesn't really exist. Yeah. You know, really, um, no. and then I brought you uh, to um, to Canada in the middle of the winter about four or five years back <laughs> and uh, you were dying. <laughs> it's pretty remember, harsh. <laughs> it was pretty hard, right? And so now um, this is, it's been really good. Like we we live in a very cold environment now in contrast, like uh, I'm trying to go outside as much as I can, but I, I do, I, I can't say, you know, the last, I would say from 2011 to 2015, uh, I had a nice warm apartment in the inner city. And now that we live out in the country and uh, we own our own property and all that stuff, um, this whole domain that we're sitting in right now, recording live from, is about 15 degrees Celsius, which is like uh, cold. <laughs> yeah, it's like high 50s, maybe mm. 50, 55, 60 uh, Fahrenheit. And it takes some getting used to, but now it's like completely relaxed and able. Well, for me anyway. <laughs> Maddie's got her blanket, uh, but it's actually it's funny. You know, I was uh, now when I go into. Um, uh, a business establishment anywhere where they have like 25 Celsius, it's unbearable for me. It's not that it's unbearable, it's just yeah, I can see that it's not necessary anymore. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to that idea that our bodies have these awesome heating and cooling systems built into them. And if you don't use them, um, you lose what you don't use, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so for your big idea book, um, you wanted to focus on the the... I guess the the real connection of stress and the natural world and yeah. how it applied to your life. And for you, you kind of like went on a bit of a um a journey to find the self at the same time, mm -hmm. right? Um the reviews who, that have been coming in about the book have been pretty interesting, pretty mixed in that yeah. um a lot of people are saying, you know, they expected this book to be about like more stress from a scientific approach, but they're like, but it's more, how did they say it? They said that the book actually comes more forth as like a, almost a self-help book. Well, right? and, and you know, it's actually good that they say that because that was, <laughs> that was more the goal, <laughs> it right? Was not, not the goal, but it definitely it is a part of the big idea book has these three aspects to it. It has the scientific aspect, you know, me mm. being a biologist, I, I'm having that scientific approach to it. But also I asked um, and interviewed a lot of other scientists and read papers, which I brought into it. But then you have the other aspect. What can you gain from this, you right. know? what is that, that that we can learn from it and how to apply that in your life. And that was my last chapter to really bring everything together and say, how can we use stress in mm -hmm. our own life to make our own lives better and what we can learn from animals and plants. So right. that's definitely that self-help. And I think, yeah, it confused a little bit the German uh, literature world <laughs> because the Big Idea book is something very American. Yeah. But maybe it has not 
has not arrived in Germany yet. Uh, my editor, she always says, you know, maybe you're the first person actually writing a, who wrote a big idea book in, in German. And I can see that it, it leaves a little bit conf confusion mm. to the, the, the Public, people yeah. who are, you know, usually um, like the critic critics, right? Well, it's interesting. I mean, even with the whole podcast video cast concept, <coughs> um, I find that the, the, the way that podcasts are done in Germany uh, uh, German and in Germany and all over the German mm. world, it's not like in the English world where we we, we, we talk. Mm. You know, we, we have conversations. We, we find cool topics, cool guests, partners, all that stuff. And in the German world, it's still kind of like classroom. I find that podcasts <laughs> are, are for the most part, it's like yeah, yeah. they structure it like a like a seminar or like a classroom and everything's yeah. and, and the people really go you know, they, they, they go they turn on a podcast to really learn something, something not yeah. to experience it, mm -hmm. but to really like add something to their repertoire. And I find that that's something that's changing slowly. It's maybe more of a, an English speaking mm -hmm. thing, like an English world thing where we like to, um, you know, maybe philosophically, I, I think, look at the world, whereas German's more mechanical. <laughs> yeah, I would right? agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. We are very much like, you know, using our time very efficiently and we want to add to our knowledge and we want to learn something and uh, yeah. yeah. Well, again, I don't the, know. The, the, the real question... <laughs> it has to make sense. <laughs> yeah, the real question of efficiency in the end is um, what does it all amount to in that... Um, in the. In, in the world where people aren't looking inwards, I think that there used to be a lot more of that in the German world. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the German world has become too Americanized too quickly. Yeah. And uh, and they're struggling here to find their footing, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's just kind of the feeling that I've been getting over the last while. But so your book is taking off and it's it's taking off in a really weird way because um, as, as, as you mentioned, People aren't sure what where you know on what shelf to put it. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. But uh, I do have a lot of positive critics as well, and I also realized that it, I think women like a might like it a little bit better, <laughs> maybe because I'm talking right. a lot about uh, emotions and also me, you know, being a female writing mm. it from my perspective. That uh, I think most of the critics, from the female critics, are really liking it, <laughs> and yeah, I have from the positive um, reviews, they really say that that makes it so special that it's not only like a textbook thingy, of course, but I put a lot of personal information into it. That makes it also very relatable, right? I mean, yes, of course, you can read a book about stress from someone who knows everything about it. And then you learn something from it. But how cool is that to really follow someone on a journey, figuring out something for themselves mm -hmm. so you can relate way more. And also, you know, like I like I like the, the way of a, a big idea book where you can really follow the author and you feel like you are having that journey with this person together yeah. and not yeah. someone is there and then telling you how things work. Right. So that's what I like with that book. And I can see that that comes also back from the critics to say, you know, is it is is an interesting book itself about the topic, but then mm -hmm. also you can learn from it a lot while reading it, and that makes it so so special. Right. So for all of you, anybody out there listening who also speaks German, the book is not in English yet. Yeah. Um, it hopefully will be in English in the near future. It's called "Die Unglaubliche Kraft der Natur," which translates to "The Unbelievable uh, Force of Nature" or "Strength of yeah. Nature." It doesn't translate directly to English, but uh, I would say that the uh, the unbelievable. Uh, 
force, force within nature or something. Force of nature, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a, they're gonna have fun translating that. I'm just thinking about that now. Yeah, maybe one word about the t- the title and also the the <laughs> the uh, the hedgehog the on on yeah. front of it. I mean, you know, I had a f- yeah, I had not really. I, so at the end, I couldn't make that decision. The 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 publisher decided at the end because there's a lot about this about rabbits because I was researching the rabbits. Mm-hmm. It would have made. Absolutely sense for me to put a rabbit in front of the cover. Yeah, because you you talked a lot about <laughs> the way that the rabbits were stressed out in Frankfurt yeah. uh, during your studies. And eventually they were like, we don't like rabbits as much as we like uh, hedgehogs. Well, we're going to put a hedgehog on obviously there. Obviously for them, the hedgehog seemed to be a better symbol for, you know, stress, resistance, resilience. I don't know. We could have also uh, just had a rabbit, you know, coming out of his bar, whatever. It's, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> or a head. Yeah. Um, and also the title... They didn't like having stress in, in the main title, but I mean, the book is about stress. So we kind of fiddled around a little bit, but mm. it makes it not so precise if, if I would have actually liked it to be. The book but. is awesome. And that was actually another part of the reviews that people were giving too, yeah. is that they said the title didn't fit really the book, but at least specifically the uh, the the main title, the subtitle of it is um, how, so, wie Tieren und Pflanzen den Weg uh, weist. It's, it's more like how plants and animals know their way. And through I th- stress, right? Well, it yeah. implies through stress, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the whole point. Oh, yeah, through stress, it says there, exactly. Yeah. The point is, is that um, the main focus of the book is really that stress is a guiding force. Yes. Uh, the, it, is, it is actually yeah. the wonderful force of nature. When you really yeah. look about at, at everything that ties us in, yeah. And and kind of um, allows us to really connect to reality on a deep level. That's that's what stress is for. Stress yeah. is there in order to um, guide and help and and relate us to our environment. You know, if yeah. if I hit something and it didn't hurt, I you know I wouldn't really imagine it being as solid as it is. Perhaps right. So it's yeah. it's one of these things. And and if and, and as you've talked about in the past, you know, with the cave mollies, the fish that. They uh, their environment changed dramatically, and they had to adapt to survive. And you can see it within a couple generations. Their mm-hmm. eyesight goes away, their mm-hmm. skin pigment goes away, their ability to sense everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. it changes. And 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 it's and we're the same way. Yeah, and that that's also maybe the main takeaway from it. You know, being flexible in a world that is always changing. If you were, right. if you're just like. Um, I had that in one interview where where the the guy asked me, he's like, but yeah, you know, we humans, we are like uh, um, animals of uh, habituation. Yeah, creatures of habit. Creatures of habit. Right. Uh, you know, how do I play on that? And I said, well, yes, but we are creatures of habit. But I mean, look how how far we came with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us are are sick because they they don't want to change anything in their lives. They know that right. they live in a life, in a, maybe in a relationship, at a, working in a job that is not good for them, but yet they keep going and then they wonder why they get sick and it's getting worse over time. Right. Um, that... I think you just you just make your life unnecessarily hard by rejecting any change because you're afraid of. But I also had that in my life, you know. Mm. Back then, I, it took me seven years to to leave Frankfurt or yeah, six yeah. years. Although I knew from the very first day that uh, I shouldn't be here. Uh, but I was afraid of, you know, leaving. I didn't know what else to do. I started my PhD. I didn't want to, yep. um, you know, break things up. And once you are very comfortable somewhere, it's getting harder and harder yep. to change things. That's why... I liked, I heard an interview with someone who's living in a van and, you know, she said she was already older, like over 70. And she said it, it keeps her alive and young. 
every day some, somewhere else, every day figuring out the things again new because she has to change her, you know, she, she changes the, the place that where she lives and she likes it. But of course it is, um, it is also challenging in many ways. It keeps us uh, alert. It keeps us mm -hmm. uh, creative. Yeah. It's a good thing though. Yeah. So um, I, I want to kind of try and tie in now the big take-home message in your first book and now your second book because I, I see the I see it as a really interesting topic the way it comes together. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and so the first book was really about um, the way communication mm -hmm. happens within within our within our reality and in our world. Yeah. And you the way that you explained this in the past was that it was the it was your really big breakthrough in the first book is that and it's it's a funny thing how. Um, Jargon, you know, the the, mm. the words that we use to describe specific things, it's a real problem in our society. And it's not just the English language or the German language. It's, it's from what I gather, it's all um, language in every um, type of industry, right? Specifically when we're talking about describing reality and, and nature. Yeah. And um, what, I, I, I what I recognized and noticed specifically with your first book was that um, you took the concept of saying, okay, well, everything is data mm -hmm. and it only becomes information when you have the ability to decode it. Yeah. Right? Then and someone needs to be there in order to recognize it, in order to decode it. Right. So when we're talking about what is communication mm -hmm. and what is stress, because now this stress is what is stress in the second book. We're going to yeah. get into that in a minute. Yeah. But the first book really was what is communication? Yeah. And, and so what is communication? Communication is... From, uh, data is being put out constantly. You yeah. know, we have that that old saying: if a if a tree falls in the woods uh, and nobody is there to hear it, does it exist? Mm -hmm. um, and the reality is, is it's data. Yeah, of course yeah, it, yeah. Exists. it, it exists. exists yeah. it, it, it The data is there, and if anybody or anything has the ability to recognize mm -hmm. that data as information, then it, they can project it forward. And yeah, that's yeah. and that's a, an interesting way of looking at it because it's the same thing in um in. in Right, like you're streaming something from the internet, and until the picture actually hits your screen, it's mm -hmm. it's not information for you. It's yeah. just data that's available for you to tap into. Yeah. Right. And uh, without the computer screen, you can't get that picture. You know, it it it's there somewhere. It's there somewhere on some server, but <laughs> at the same time, it's nowhere. Yeah. Right. And so you took this idea of saying that um, you have data, you have information. And the ability to to receive the information through the channels such as the chemical channels, uh, like in smell, right? Mm -hmm. Or the optical channels, the uh, electromagnetic channels, or the uh, acoustic channels, pressure waves, and so on. Like, until you have the ability to, with one of these senses, take this data and mm -hmm. turn it into information so that you can react upon it mm -hmm. and, and interact with the sender of the information, mm -hmm. that's communication. It's, it's, it's them taking an idea... Creating data in a in it with using a specific channel yeah. that the receiver hopefully also can can understand. Yeah. Um, take the information, reorganize it, and respond, and that's communication. Yeah. And you were talking about how uh, in the past when you were talking to your um, mentors at the time and you were asking them the professors, what is communication? They're like, oh well, technically in the textbook, communication is just the reaction of. Uh, of of uh, of of information, and you're like, well, what's information? Yeah, what's yeah. reaction? Does it mean that the something's happening in the brain? Uh, yeah. That's a reaction, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if if I make a, a noise in the forest and uh, a pack of wolves hear it and they want to eat, 
<laughs> you know, it, that, that's information for them, but mm. it's not the communication that I had intended, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it was a big problem for you to be able to turn that into a, a real useful um, uh, context yeah. for us to understand. And you did a really good job at that. Now with stress, it's like the whole game had to start over from the beginning again <laughs> yeah. because you had that same issue. You're like, the hell is stress? Yeah, Nobody absolutely. seems to understand what it is, but everybody's talking about it. Yeah, You know, when we talk about the stress effects of whatever, everybody always likes to talk about it from a negative point of view. And the first thing that happens is, is stress the action or the reaction? Mm. Right? Yeah, it's Is funny. it the cause or the effect? Yeah. They just use the word stress as everyone would know what it means, like end or, you know, the word uh, tree. <laughs> we all know what a tree is, but if you say, oh, I had so much stress, you kind of get the notion what that person means, but what is that? What is it? What yeah. is it? Yeah. What does it imply? How, how does it? How does it come down to reality and make sense? Right. Yeah. And so, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that in a in a, in a short summary? Because that was a really interesting thing. Because now you can really start to see how information and data is mm -hmm. now translated into stress. And I'll, I'll give you an example uh, before you uh, mm -hmm. give us the scientific overview. Um, you're, you're you're not feeling well. Okay, well, why aren't you feeling well? Because yeah. you're taking data and the inform and you've and you've decided to bring it into your reality as a type of information that is no longer um it's it's no longer conducive to a perhaps health and longevity, mm -hmm. right? Uh, as you mentioned before, the biological fitness is when we no longer have the ability to um create proper offspring mm. and give them a healthy environment to grow and so on and so forth, yeah, right? Yeah. And when that from a biological point of view goes down, we talk about what's what's happening to, you know, the rabbits in the burrows, for example, right? If if there's too much pollution yeah. in, nearby, if their food source has been tainted, that brings their fitness down because it, it affects um, their long-term environment, meaning yep. that they have to either adapt to want to eat garbage <laughs> or go find food somewhere else, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so now when we talk about stress, let's talk about first off the word. It's a really interesting thing etymologically because it's the same word in almost every language, stress. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for that. That's a reason for that. And it's actually kind of a funny reason. <laughs> um, so... There's one name you have to know about when you talk about stress and the origin of stress. That is uh, Hans Hugo Zeye. He was a Hungarian-Canadian uh, physiologist and he was actually the father of stress. He kind of discovered stress, although well, I, I read his book um, and I really liked how he how he wrote that book. He was a very passionate scientist and, and he was always interested in, you know, why we are sick, why do we become sick? So he studied medicine back then and uh, he figured out in one of the lectures that he said, you know, the, the professor said, well, we have all these people here in the room, they all have um, symptoms mm -hmm. and, but, but yet, they're all the, these symptoms are not specific for a specific disease. So we're not caring about coughing or mm -hmm. you know having a headache. These are not specific symptoms. And he said, "Well, but what are they then? You mm -hmm. know, why we are not looking at at coughing or red eyes or something that you know when you have a cold, you have all these different symptoms. 
that are not, not specific. They also come yeah. up with you have another, maybe you have an infection or something, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's like, but- the Stress but, reactions, yeah, so to say. And, and he's like, well, why are we not looking at them? He's like, well, they're not so important because they're not, they're not you know, showing us the real disease. We have to wait a little longer before we can treat the patient so we can right. see what they really have. I mean, and it's like, what should I wait until my patient is almost dead? <laughs> well, and this is the really yeah. amazing thing because when we think about the modern, the Western world when it comes to disease, yeah, uh, it, it, it's more like symptom and solution in the sense that what are the symptoms? Oh, well, yeah. we have a pill for that. Yeah, yeah. If you have multiple symptoms that don't be, that aren't covered by one pill, well, then we get to make a new drug. Yeah. And it, it just seems to be kind of like this this idea of fixing the symptoms and not really looking at how how that relates to reality. And as you mentioned, yeah. um, he was able to create the same symptoms by changing the re like the factors. Yeah, that's what I wanted to comment. So he was interested about that. He it, it almost seemed like you know to him that this was just a reaction of the body to anything that is coming right. at it. And so, so the same symptoms for yeah, many different types yeah. of, of of stresses, yeah. uh, stressors. Uh, he called it kind of like uh, the reaction to dirt, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. And so he was fascinated yeah. about it. Um, but that was when he was a student, and then he you know kind of uh, became uh, he finished his studies, and then he was working on his PhD, and he was intended to find a new hormone. So he took um, was that like a, a like a thing back in the day? Everybody wanted to have a hormone named after them. Probably yes. I mean, it was in a nineteen was it. Uh, 1930 something when okay. he was working on it um so yeah he had his rats in the laboratory and then he put um, injections into the rats you know extractions from the cow to figure out if they have a reaction to a new hormone that is not discovered yet. Still, every time I hear you tell me that, it's still I like... I know, it's insane. It's like, and, uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to inject this little, this little fellow with something horrible. And then you're like, oh, well, you look at that. He's not doing too well. Exactly. <laughs> this is how it was. And right? so he thought, wow, wow, you know, I really discovered a new hormone. Look at that red. He's kind of doing some reactions here. There must be something in there. Mm. And then he 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 went on with his uh, research and he used different solutions, different concentrations. And he almost thought like, you know, I'm, I'm done here. I found what I uh, wanted to find. And then he did a control where he put something else into the red. And there you go. The red had the same reaction to that right. solution um, that he previously thought that was the, the, the caused by a hormone. Right. So I think he used formalin. F formalin? Is that? Formaldehyde uh, or what? For, yeah, formaldehyde. Yeah. So like a chemical. And then he was like, oh, wow, the red has the same reaction. And then so he tried different things to the reds. Poor reds, I really yeah. have to say that, you know, uh, even like exhausting them through intense exercise, uh, to heat, to cold. And he always saw these uh, same reactions of the body. So the 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 intestines started mm. to bleed. Um, the, the lymphatic organs were shrinking. You were saying also the thyroid system is always the first one to really spark up, isn't it? The thyroids were also reacting to it as well um, because there's uh, also, it's an immune reaction right mm. there. And so he he kind of thought like, wow, okay, there must be something here. And so he he, he looked for a name for that reaction. And the first was, uh, it's so-called, was that the unspecific adaptation syndrome. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a reaction to something, it was an unspecific uh, reaction to something that comes wow. from the outside. Yeah. And then he had to find a, a name for the things that cause all this syndrome, right? So mm. all the, the, the formalin, the chemicals, the exercise, and he thought about uh, stress. He thought maybe this is stress because he were looking to 
uh, towards uh, the physics in, in physics, right? And in physics, you have the word stress as uh, something that comes from the outside. That is, uh, you mean more like like engineering, more like like yeah, when something is physically being bent. Yeah, physicists or in, from the engineering science, right. they use stress as something that comes from the outside. For example, to bend like a mechanical uh, spring, right? Right. To push it or to to. Um, drag it mm-hmm. and stretch, if you yeah. yeah stretch it if you and if you look to the origin of the word um stress it comes from a latin word uh, stringere and also indo-german word str also has something to do with you know like um pushing or um pressure pressure or yeah. applying pressure right. and he thought yeah that that was that that works because you know i'm applying pressure to mm-hmm. that rat i'm applying pressure to the body and so he came up with the stress and the strain. Hmm. Strain is the reaction to stress. So the red had a, you know, the strain was the reaction, the physical reaction and right. the stress, what, what he applied to the outside. And he, that's how he, he implemented in the first thing. But since he was not very good with English, he was, as I said, uh, Hungarian, I think. Yeah. Originally, yeah. Originally. And so his English was not that well. And he had maybe, was mumbling a little bit. And, you know, he's like stress and strain and strain comes from the outside and, and so on and so forth. So he was mixing things up. And eventually um, the medical journal was writing uh, kind of like, you know, ironically that stress causes itself. Right. And he's like, what the f- so <laughs> So somebody listening to one of his presentations yeah, didn't get it and decided to publish it. Yeah, I I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, I think I felt the gap the same you do, you know, I didn't mm. know how it really went, but obviously he read that article and he was like, what, what is going on? You know, I specifically mm. said stress comes from the outside and causes that reaction in the red and now stress causes itself. So, right. well, he thought obviously something went wrong here, like the silent post, as we wouldn't say, you mm-hmm. know, if you just, uh, yeah. And then he thought, okay, well, then I have to change things, you know. Um, he he then came up with the word of a stress factor, stressor. Mm-hmm. So instead of stress, it was stressor. Yeah. And then the, the reaction was actually the stress. Right. So... That's how mm-hmm. the whole mixture actually started. He mixed up a lot of things. And at the end, no one really knew anymore. What is stress? Comes it, does it come from the outside? Is it from right. the inside? What is right. it actually? And uh, But as stress always was somehow related to the to that torture of the little rat. Uh, of the little rat or rats, mouse. Yeah. yeah. This is how also stress became its bad reputation because obviously, you know, the rats had these bad ulcers that why you sometimes say, oh, stress gives me ulcers. Why received a bad reputation, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Stress gives me bad ulcers. Stress will kill me. Mm. You know, so the rats, they will, a lot of them died from that whole procedure. That's how stress was was linked to the negative image because all these suffering poor rats, yeah. Mm. But imagine, I mean, he put them under situations which were unnatural to them and it was (laughs) Injecting them with uh, pieces of Cow stuff. Yeah, I compared that. You know, like uh, someone takes your your head, puts put yourself, you know, pushes you underwater, keeps you there for ten minutes, and then conclusion is water is killing you. <laughs> this is how it is. I mean, you know, yeah, like, it's it's interesting. You know, when you really, if if we were to look at it in the way that um, the medical industry is is kind of. Uh, let's just okay. I don't, let's let's not talk about the medical industry so much. Let's say let's just look at the way that we're kind of. Um, brought up with our with with our schooling right that um only by doing things in a certain way will you be able to get further and when things are not or let's say when you're when you're sick when something's wrong with you you know mm. um looking for 
the reaction of your body, right, mm -hmm. is not going to tell you how how the pressure that you're under what where it came from yeah right it like obviously yeah if you get punched in the head and you have a, a red welt you can deduct and say that looked like it was about 20 kilos of pressure coming from a, <laughs> a right hook yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. The, the 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 problem that we now see is from what you're what you're explaining is that um you could change the stressor we'll call it stressor the yeah, the yeah, outs yeah, yeah. the 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 pressure exerted from the outside world onto mm -hmm. you you could change that over and over and over again and the reaction of the immune system will, may very well completely be the same for the certain individual. Yeah. So uh, some person, every time uh, pressure is negatively exerted from outside, uh, they might have hives, they might lose their hair, they may yeah. um, have ulcers, they may get, you know, uh, herpes on their lips, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But then when we talk about the way that... Um, Unfortunately, science is conducted today. It's under this impression that the origin is not as important as the result, mm -hmm. and it, and it kind of uh, it, it now because yeah. you know things are are very product based, yeah. you know, consumer based in the sense that um, solutions are being sold yeah. as opposed to um, causes being identified, mm -hmm. and and it and it's it's this weird. This weird negative, uh, I would say very negative uh, way of uh, uh, disconnecting from yeah, life and disconnecting absolutely. from reality. So I think absolutely. that your book, what the reason why it's so special, I think, is that when you read it, you really get that impression that um, you have the ability yeah. to take care of uh, of your own health, your own existence, yeah. your own environment, really. It, yeah, yeah. It, it comes down to your choice. Absolutely. And yeah. if you don't choose to realize um, what that external pressure is and how it's affecting you, yeah. like I, I know people who can't do what I can do, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't do things that other people can do. And if I try to put myself in a position where yeah. I'm forcing myself to be there and, and just because... That person can and I can't doesn't mean that I should. Absolutely, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You really um, point that down. I mean, you know, I always see that I would, I would, I could never work as a as a surgeon or something. I would not be able to undergo that pressure of really, you know, having someone there on my table and I am responsible for them surviving or yeah. not. I couldn't do that. But there are people who can and who can deal with that uh, pressure. But I think it's important for you to know how far you can go. What is uh, the? What are your limits? Is also something right. that I mentioned in my book. But maybe coming back to to that Hungarian scientist, <laughs> what what he discovered was actually you know um, at the end of his life he was pretty sad. Although he could have mm -hmm. been happy, he accomplished a lot as a scientist. He published uh, I don't know how many papers, but he was sad because his uh, discovery stress was had a, such a bad reputation in in uh, public and parts right. of them was also his fault because you know he didn't do a good job he didn't do a good job it, at I it guess, but yeah. at, over time he discovered and he realized how important stress really is and he also saw it as uh, the reaction of life to everything that comes to it you know mm -hmm. like to the to the to the um um yeah, he says that there is no such thing as um, st uh, life without stress. Mm -hmm. There's always stress. There will always be things that are, yep. you know, like we have to um, react to. And what he also found that some of his rats actually survived the whole procedure. 
I don't know, you know, they're really strong rats, obviously. But he said that, wait a minute, you know, something within these rats had changed that they were able, once they had that injection, some, somehow it. they adapted, yeah. you know, they had physical changes. And the next time their reaction was way less. So obviously right. they were reacting to it. They were adapting to it. And that's what he said, you know, isn't it amazing that even with these intense stress factors mm -hmm. applied to them, they were still able to survive and they changed their inner conditions in a way that they're adapt to these, um, yeah. To things, these horrible pressures from outside. To the outside. horrible pre pressures outside. And yeah. I mean, imagine if a rat can overcome such pressures, what can we overcome? So, uh, right? from, from your point of view as a biologist, uh, are animal trials relevant at all when we talk about um, products that are tested before human consumption? It's a good question. I, for myself, I personally think we don't need um, animal, animal, tests. animal tests. But I'm also very radical in terms of um, I'm not taking you know medicaments uh, in any way. But, but is it relevant? Is what I'm saying. Like, does well, it does it depict that's, anything? That's a good question. Um, First of all, we are not rats, you know, like yeah. we're, we of also course, don't live in also, laboratories. They're also, yeah, there no. are mammals, of course, you know, there are a lot of similarities, but these rats used or an, other animals in the laboratory that are used there, they um, have never lived under natural conditions. They right. are inbred. We are specifically using, bred for that, specifically task. Yeah. bred for that task. That's and um, that's also part of my book to really assess and, question the the relevance and and the the quality of these kind of data coming out of the laboratory right because yeah as i just said you know they've never experienced real life conditions these animals and then you say well stress causes this and this and that um there's so many uncertainties in that that i don't know if you know all the pain applying to these animals mm. is worth to to get any any results from that that we can really use for our own lives and i don't i don't think that uh, right these things should happen i mean again i read i read that book about say and i was a little bit mixed feelings on one hand I admired his, you know, scientific uh, curiosity and he really right. wanted to dig deep. But on the other hand, I mean, all the things that he did to these rats, I, I couldn't do that. I would right. have never been able to. Um, but yeah, I mean, times were also a little different back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are different too. You know, yeah. I, I know people who can gladly torture animals. Uh, I mean, we meet some people, yeah. friends of yours who, who graduated. I think as a biologist, it's a very dark path because... Um, a lot of the people who started studying biology, they did that because, you know, like you, they wanted mm. to be in nature and, and and be amazed by nature and connect to it. And then eventually, in order to pay the bills, they get a job where, like, you actually had a job offer before you ended, you ended up turning it down because you found out that the job offer was literally being in the basement of a building, um, torturing mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Like, constantly, right? And, yeah. and, and, and it was such a, like, a... When you turned it down, it was like you were trying to be polite in the sense that when you found out the details of the job and that woman was wanting to find a replacement for herself because she was retiring and mm. she wanted to find someone she could trust to take over the research. Mm. And in your mind, you're thinking, I, I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. I, I I can't justify any type of, yeah, of yeah. um success that would merit me and a whole team of people yeah. uh to to sit there and, and torture little animals all day. Right? I had it a couple of times in my life where I really 
um, kind of, you know, was in that situation. Uh, I also had a practical training in, in Paris mm -hmm. back then where they had like little monkeys in, in cages stuffed, you know, and then they they put them under different nutrition um, status. So they gave them a lot of food or restriction yeah. or um, something like that. And then I did tests with them. Some were just very, you know, like I did the the behavioral test with them. So they had to kind of remember things and, and right. little mazes and they had to run on little bicycles and stuff to see how fit they still are. But then they also took blood from them. But I was just looking at f for what reason? Uh, no, um, why would we mm -hmm. have the right to torture animals just to figure out things that... Do we really need that, these information? Yeah. Well, <laughs> this goes back to me. Yeah. Um, it, you know, For me growing up in a religious environment, I always kind of come back to that because that was my um, experience, uh, is that people that I grew up with in religious environments, specifically in the Catholic and the Jewish world, um, they are of the opinion that... Uh, their God has mm. given them dominion over, mm -hmm. just like it says in Genesis, yeah, yeah. Yeah. over the animals and the beasts, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that when you walk around this planet and uh, in this reality, and you have that in the back of your mind that everything mm. is a is 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 for you as a, a, to be to be you know to have dominion over, to own, and to decide what yeah. to do. It explains a lot, you know, when we even think about, you know, bullshit like uh, um, like over the last couple of years, forced vaccinations and uh, forced, uh, you know, uh, social distancing and mask wearing and all that stuff. It's, that, that could only be kind of, I think, that could only ever be a good idea to somebody who believes they have ownership over you, mm. right? And that's, and that's an interesting um, kind of thought when you start to talk about ownership and information. In the end... I think like the reason for science and biology, like the scientific process and biology at all, is to connect to reality. And when you start manipulating that into ownership and um, domination, it's a dark path. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the entire scholastic industry is funded by domination, right? Mm -hmm. It's funded by this idea of we're going to produce people who will help us dominate even yeah. better and and more um, violently and more precise, you know, um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. right? That that seems to be kind of the way it's going. And because I feel that that is such an artificial way of connecting to reality. I mean, this is my opinion now. Mm. I think this is a big reason why most people in the scholastic and the scientific world are, as they say, stressed. <laughs> They're not yeah, happy. I not mean, happy, I, no. I very rarely meet happy easygoing, happy-go-lucky people who are studying <laughs> and they're in their last year. You know, they're not typically happy and 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 at ease. You know, it's usually no. quite the opposite. And you can also relate that to nature. You know, yeah. um, in in an, in an environment, let's say we have a rabbit, in an environment where a rabbit has a lot of competition because of food. Um, there's a lot of predator out there, so they're not a. You know, mm -hmm. they can't be sure that they survive the next day. <laughs> well, guess what? They, of course, they are stressed. Right? They. Um, they don't have enough resources. And if you put that one-to-one -one on the environment and the working condition of a scientist, you have so much pressure. You have so much competition amongst other scientists. Right. And the predator yeah. of someone, you know, is like uh, saying, well, we're not giving you any further money for, for your research. So you are in constant... Um, constant fight Alert, or flight yeah. and, and you know you're constantly stressed because you can't be sure of your environment and well of course that produces people mm. like well it's interesting because when you really talk about the biology behind it you know um, as you've been saying that we are under pressure 
any type of pressure. Mm. And what happens? Our immune system kicks in. Mm -hmm. it specifically, as I mentioned before, you know, like going into the cold water. If you're not aware of wanting to do that and wanting <laughs> to relax, you're not going to have a good time. And Having a heart attack. <laughs> right? And, and right, some people have heart attacks, exactly. And um, it's, it's one of these things where uh, when you don't, want it, but you continually force yourself to be in that environment, what yeah. happens? So you see the same thing. You see people, I've seen this over and over again, yeah, students yeah. who have hives and, and losing their hair and, yeah, and yeah. gaining weight or losing weight, just undergoing these 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 symptomatic conditions. And then yeah. they, they they go to their doctor and their doctor says, oh, you have eczema, you know, oh, you, you, uh, um, you have allergies or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. But the reality is, is that um, trying to survive and, you know, we're talking about the average businessman, the the policeman, you know, the trying to survive in the Western world. Mm. The reason why we go to these jobs to begin with is what to 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 have clean water, clean food, yeah. uh, maybe to be warm, to not freeze, uh, to be able to have a, an environment that you can call your own um, dwelling, your your own shelter. Mm. And it, it's like we, when you really think about the, the 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 basics of life, of what we need to be happy. It's it, it's kind of polluted in the sense that we we now are living in this world where we indirectly do a bunch of other stuff to try and achieve something that's simple. Yeah. Right. So instead of just learning how to maybe grow really good food or or get really good mm. food and put it on your table, we go out and we get these like strenuous uh, uh, educations learning to be a part of a system that's not relevant to reality in, in many, many cases, right? Not not all the time, but the point is, is that um, we we undergo practical trainings to, to do these tasks to fit into society that brings back a value to then afford the food mm -hmm. that maybe... Yeah, yeah. doesn't make any sense. In the end, <laughs> I think a lot of us would be more happy if we were self-sufficient yeah. instead of now where we're in this world where we're no longer self-sufficient and that is a stressor itself. I think mm. that this fear of not being able to survive mm -hmm. is one of those biggest fears for most of us. It's yeah. that's that ability to be self-sufficiency and to be safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and you can take this with any little animal. Um, they Like when you, when you hold a kitten or a puppy or anything, they just want to feel that they're they're secure, mm. right? And so this is why you get a lot of, um, I would say, negative behavioral episodes with with animals mm. as they grow up and they're mm. around people that are giving them the impression that their environment isn't safe or secure. Then yeah, those yeah. animals start to react in that same yeah, manner. Yeah, mirror your behavior. Yeah. And we do the same thing. I mean, I, I know what it was like going back, you know, back in the day being in school, mm. having the teacher tell me how shitty of a world the world is. <laughs> what do you think that does to someone? Yeah, you, of you're, you're growing up being told yeah, that yeah. you're not secure and you're not safe and that things are garbage and there's no solution. Mm. And, and the only thing you can do is to just be a cog in a big machine. Right. It's uh I, I think that it's it's just interesting to see that we've taken we have all these synthetic problems, mm. right? That underlying we still have bio we're still biology. Yeah. Underlying we're still uh, suffering these same stressors in, in in a in a real biological way, but now it's like a lot of the, the we we'd like to believe that um 
you can fix a couple topical things and we'll be better. But realistically, mm -hmm. a lot of those things just don't need to exist to begin with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for you, I mean, that was a, we'll, we'll try and wind this down slowly now, but for you with your, with your second book now, uh, what was the big thing? I mean, you talked a lot about, uh, I mean, the big thing for you, what changed in your life? What was your personal revelation? Because that was a big thing is that, um, you realized Frankfurt wasn't wasn't a happy place for you. <laughs> you know, you got a lot of shit from some people about uh, what they what they called Frankfurt bashing, which is a nice term. You know, Maddie wasn't happy about some place. She expressed her opinion, yeah. and other people were angry that she ex that she spoke negatively of a place that she didn't like. <laughs> right? As if, as if that's uh, relevant in any way. I don't get it. But with yeah. you. Um, what was the what was the you know the conclusion I think because now what have you learned from this? Hey, yeah, I think three big things. The first thing uh, I discovered the logic of a city or the, the self logic of a city mm -hmm. called, where um, it really says that um, cities are so different that we can feel it, and right. some are just not matching your own character. You know, it's it's absolutely normal that in some cities or some places we don't feel at home, and back then. Uh, well, I, I know that from a shamanic point of view because I know everything has its spirit mm -hmm. and its place and sometimes you just not feel right there. But also this is like a scientific approach to it, s saying that every city has its history and, you know, the people living there creating these these history again and again. Right. It's just like meeting someone and you realize, well, you know, we don't have the same interests. It's not really working well. It's a nice person, but, you know... Let's move on. And this is how it also works with cities. And I I really found that interesting because I to that point I didn't know that places can can have such an important impact onto mm. your health and your well-being. Yeah. And sort of the second thing coming from that, you know, I had that feeling all the time that I'm not right in, in Frankfurt. It's mm. not the right place for me. I always wish to be somewhere else. And I thought in the beginning, you know, maybe it will it will get better over time. You just need to adapt yourself. But it was not working for me. And so I definitely learned how to take my feelings and my emotions serious. It's just like, you right. know, when also the, the feeling of, of or the urge of drinking something or being hungry. This is also something, a, a body reaction, right? And emotions, nothing else, also mm -hmm. a body reaction. And there is a reason for your emotions when you're angry, when you're scared to really look at these emotions and see where they come from and what it needs for you to feel safe and, and happy. What, you know, what is it that you, that you need? What kind of environment is mm. important for you? So I absolutely look to my feelings and I, um, I take them serious and try to yeah. address urge, urges and needs that I have as, as much as I can. Right. And the third thing is there's nothing to be afraid of. Like I was uh, always very scared about things, you know, specifically I was scared about not being able to deal with my stress. I knew always people say you have to control your stress, you know, otherwise you get sick. And mm -hmm. so stress was for me always like a, a doom over my head mm -hmm. because I was always very stressed. And, right. and then I felt like I have to manage my but stress. But you, you, you felt like the problem was with you. And not yeah, with the yeah, actual yeah. solution that you that, could. It was my my right. my problem. You know, it was my fault that I was not able to like handle the situation. There was something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, there was something wrong with me. But then I figured out it's nothing wrong with me. I was just at the wrong place. I was just trying to. I was, you know, trying. Oh, you to, were trying to force something that doesn't fit. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's I think was a big big thing in my life to really realize that I tried to live a life that was just not for me. Whether it was the mm. not the right 
position and not the right place and also not the right job being in the academic world and trying to squeeze myself into that. Mm. Uh, I'm a very creative person. I, I'm very open-minded, talk a lot about things that I have in my mind, which was just not very welcomed there. And mm. so, yeah, that was a big thing that it was not my fault, but just, yeah, stress really helped me to see that because I was just in the wrong environment. And so these things are absolutely right. big. Uh, and I also take that from my, maybe one last thing that I also discovered is being honest with yourself that, you know, when you're in a situation and you feel like this is not making me happy, I feel stressed all the time, I'm sick, I'm having a headache, just like I have right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know that this is a sign for me that lately I was in my job, you know, putting a lot of thoughts into it, how to change things. I was not really happy and also felt not right there. And I can feel the more I'm kind of pushing this away from me, trying to hold on as long as I can, the worse it gets. So I really see that our bodies are amazing in, in showing us what is good for us and what's not. And to listen more to it and take it really serious before it gets really worse, you know, before right. you have cancer, before you have a heart attack or something really, really serious. There are so many little signs that you can already take on the way and then you can you know, mm. make new decisions from there and don't be afraid of things not being um, right yet. You know, I yep. can't decide until I have enough money. Sometimes, or I think most of the time, if you change something within yourself or really look for you after for yourself, the rest will arrange yourself around it. You right. don't have to wait for yep. the right conditions. You can create your own conditions by... Manifesting You're exactly manifesting what you it. what you intend to uh, want, and and yeah. honestly, I think that even when you do that, you'll feel when things don't manifest or or don't fit right mm -hmm. away that it's this is that interaction with mm -hmm. the universe that when you learn to actually navigate with the pressures coming at you, you can, yeah. you learn to become really efficient and yeah, yeah. and build something better. Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of what we want to build is not actually what builds itself the best yeah right absolutely and you learn that through that experience and that feedback yeah i definitely learned that also the the art of manifestation i would call it <laughs> that you're really able yourself to create the environment that you want to live in not really coming from a very logical point you know i can see mm -hmm. oh i want to live in a huge house and i want to have a huge garden and a nice car and all that these are wishes that you might have on a surface but if you open up yourself and say well part of that, you know, what is it that I really want? Like what kind of an animal am I? And I like to mm. compare that with, you know, you have the rabbit that lives different in the hair or <laughs> like a partridge and figure out by just letting everything open, not having a plan or goals to just really open yourself up and say, what will come to me if I'm really me if I am the right. animal I'm supposed to be you know if I discover I'm a raccoon how would I live <laughs> and how would that feel like and yeah. so until um, I think you know until you figure out like in my life there are a lot of aspects in my life I feel you know this is perfect this is more than I would have ever expected mm -hmm. it to be because it, it makes me happy and it really brings me a lot of joy um, without me planning it um, but there are other other things aspects in my life where I feel, you know, I'm not there yet, you know, mm. but this is a good 
thing because then you can say, well, universe, you know, we're pretty close, but yeah, yeah. it's still not there. Yeah. So, you know, I don't like this, but I, I like that. And by that, you can really navigate yeah. your way through. I, I find in my industry that mm, I've seen a lot of projects fail because people are trying to force the original uh, yeah. um, idea of what the project should be. Yes. And clearly things have changed. Yeah. And they're not they're not rolling with it. Yeah. And, and it's a big problem, I think, with a lot of the um, industrial stuff. And I, not even industrial, I would say more when you're dealing with a lot of organizations. For example, uh, a governmental building, when mm -hmm. that's being built, there are a lot of people that have to approve changes. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's the people on the ground that know when things need to change, mm, not the mm. people in a boardroom in another city. Yeah, yeah. And and it's and it's really difficult because obviously you know when we're talking about pricing and stuff like that, I get that. You know, and this is why um, when you have a really good building manager on site, he'll understand that and he'll, with authority, be able to uh, authorize certain changes mm -hmm. when he knows that it's it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to say before we go on any further, today we're streaming in a, oh, yeah. in a bit of a new format. And uh, I apologize for everybody on DLive. I just opened up DLive and see that some people have been, uh, you know, whereas Waldo <laughs> is in there. And I just want to say hi. And uh, hi. <laughs> he, he, he wrote a few things and it's not popping up on screen uh, over here. So I got to... I got to sync that all back up. We have a, a, okay. a new uh, a new program for doing all this right now. And uh, he said earlier, he said, you know, um, inventory control over resources, including human resources and get grounded and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I think that that to me is, is, is huge that, mm -hmm. you know, to really uh, sometimes I, I like I, I mentioned this in a few past episodes that sometimes to um, empty my head mm -hmm. and try to inventory what was in there yep. and, and and look at what's mine, what came from yep. somewhere else, yep, yep. what I what I enjoy, what I don't, and to bring them back in one at a time, you mm. know, to try and digest them in a in a mm. way that um is perhaps healthy for me, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to actually say, I I want this, I want to achieve that. Yep. The way that I started doing this uh turned out the way I wanted it to be. And so therefore I'm going to continue doing it that way. And yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and that's a very hard thing to I think want to do because it's a bit painful sometimes to look at mm. uh, what what works and what doesn't because you have to be honest with yourself and yeah. and I think a lot of people <laughs> they learn that maybe too late in life or not at yeah. all yeah, that yeah. Um, reality is not the way that it should be and they 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 you know end up with these narcissistic issues where mm. they they just fool themselves into mm -hmm. believing. Uh, lying to themselves, believe, trying to tell mm. themselves things are okay. Everybody likes you. You're the best, <laughs> you know? And, and so you end up with these people with these attitudes and chips on their shoulder yeah, yeah. where really they just get, they got to come down to reality. And and I think that a lot of people that end up that yeah. way are just people who had so much pressure yeah. come at them from outside, whether yeah. it be through abuse, whether it be yeah, through yeah, yeah. not wanting to accept their environment or the reality. And they, the only like the only way that they can really deal with that is thinking, "I'm amazing." I, yeah, I, reality is going to change for me. <laughs> Absolutely, and deep right? down, it's just a very big, big insecurity about themselves um, that they never, never had that place in life where they figured out that they, you know, have a self worth, and then mm. they just really, yeah, they they don't want anyone to see how insecure they actually are. Yeah. And well, so with your with your book and coming yes. out of that, you are actually able to identify some of your insecurities and, and move through them um, by using this new technique that you have as now a tool to 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 
work through that from what I understand as well. Yes, uh, I absolutely um, uh, have a great friendship with stress now. <laughs> we changed from being, you know, animus enemies to uh, yeah. being good friends. And yeah. I take my stress very um, serious, so not serious, but I absolutely observe myself mm -hmm. during the day and see, you know, like just as I said, with where do I have, when do I get pain from what situations? Realized lately that every time I come home from work, I have a huge headache. And mm. probably now I had to deal with some things before we started from my work today and then pff, it's there again. Mm. So you can see, obviously, there's a relation between this and you have to address these things or not uh, if you don't want to get it uh, worse and worse. So it's like, okay, thank you, stress, you know, like, thank you. <laughs> right. I see that I have to um, to react something or do I ha have yeah. to act uh, on this and to change something here. Yeah. And it's a wonderful tool in your everyday life to really figure out how can you create your life to live um, a life that is really for you, that, you know, it's really made for you. Right. And removing uh, so-called stress yeah, is well, not the solution either. <laughs> I think that's the important thing yes. to understand is that the solution often case is to um, find the stressors that you like and you enjoy. Yeah. And that they will bring you somewhere where you want, want to be, you know, where right. you want to grow. And I also like to compare that, you know, you have a plant outside in the garden, you know, you have maybe a, an apple tree and mm -hmm. the, the soil in the app from the apple tree is just perfect for that apple tree, you know, it has deep roots, it's really mm -hmm. anchored, it has everything it needs and, and it can get the water and the nutrition out from the water, uh, from the soil. But yeah, you still have the stress factors on the outside. You still have, you know, like the little um, caterpillars eating <laughs> on mm -hmm. his lease or you have the rain and the change in the temperature. These are all stress stress factors because they're trying to, you know, they reduce the, the fitness of that tree. Right. But yet the tree is so solid in its ground. It's so... Um, yeah, rooted that it can deal with all of this. It can adapt to it because the main, mm -hmm. the main, um, the main things are covered for it. And that's I think we can learn for ourselves that we find a place where the main your main needs are covered, where you have the basics that you really need, and where you feel rooted in a maybe in a family or in a relationship, something that's really important for mm -hmm. us with people around us or just for ourselves creating that that's rooting that soil right. <laughs> for me it's through connection with mother uh, mother um, nature through earth and being in the forest really digging my my literally my my feet deep into the earth and that's how i ground myself and from there i know that i can you know deal with everything that's coming at me yeah, wanting so, to. Wanting to deal with it, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, if there's something that you want to like to learn, for example, you know, you're a musician mm -hmm. and it's it's a passion for you. You really like it, but I'm sure there are also things that, you know, mm -hmm. that makes it hard to um, to practice or yeah. where you have to be patient to keep going. And uh, with me, with the book writing, there, are many, there were many aspects to it which were really stressful. Yeah. But yet I liked it so much that... It was it was a as you would call it a positive stress, although I don't like to distinguish between that. Yeah. But it was something that you feel like it was uplifting you. It was right. you know bringing you joy and happiness. And although it was a little stressful, maybe in that moment. That's right. Yeah. So I think that that's a good take home message yes. for today. Um, the origins of stress, as we mentioned, <laughs> uh, stress isn't what we I think believe it naturally to be as mm -hmm. as as you have now explained is that stress is something it's nothing more than um 
us interacting with the world and the universe. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, the feedback absolutely. from it is telling us what works and what doesn't. And yeah. if we ignore the feedback that is uncomfortable, yeah. it won't ever really get better yeah, unless yeah. we learn to either adapt, yeah. deal, enjoy, um, avoid. Yeah. You know, it, it, there has to be, a, this is this is where that whole idea is, you know, you put your hand in the, fa- in the flame mm-hmm. and it burns, mm-hmm. right? If you put it there for a few seconds, it burns enough for you to know to take your hand away. But mm-hmm. if you don't take it away, it gets worse and Absolutely. worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And this can be manifested in so many ways to, yeah. uh, to, to, to create a better relationship to the world and to understand that you putting your hand in the flame isn't a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Right, you did it because you know maybe you wanted warmth. Maybe you got a little bit too close. Yeah. Right. You're and, curious. And, <laughs> absolutely. And, yeah. and and there's nothing wrong with it. No, 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 not at all. You didn't just didn't know better. And uh, yeah, I like the way you see it. I think the mm. universe is uh, very patient with us. <laughs> so there are a lot of possibilities that you can always change the mm-hmm. situation. Even if you feel like you know, oh, am I going to my wrong job? I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong relationship. Yep. Just start somewhere. You know, you. you one step after um, the other and yeah, things will will change eventually. Mm-hmm. There yeah. we go. There we go. I think. So I think that's wonderful for today. Yeah, my headache is gone now. I think uh, my... <laughs> yeah. So it just, kicked in. <laughs> just relaxing into it, huh? Just relaxing into it or maybe also just, you know, giving it room to, to be... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for everybody out there, this has been another great episode of Levels. I was going to say, right? <laughs> I was looking at my, my 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 other my other show that I was doing a couple of years ago the other day, Levels yeah. of Absurdity. I haven't done it in a while. I'm not sure if I'm going to go back to it because it was a lot of work, and I just uh, maybe later, maybe maybe yeah. when it, when it's time for that. But uh, this has been another great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. <laughs> and oops, look at that. We got all this other stuff for all of you guys out there. Wait for Madeline's new book to come out, Die Unglaubliche Kraft der Natur, which hopefully will be translated into English um, and available in the English-speaking world over the next six months. Hopefully that that, uh, happens. Probably not that soon. Not that soon. They still still have the negotiation, I think. You know, they're still considering if they should do it or not, if it's worth it. <laughs> right. But I do have a good feeling about it. I think it's, uh, p- people who read that will will realize it's something that, you know, should be available. I think it'll really take off in the English world. I think that I the think German so world too. was just, it was, uh, it's not that you're too early. It's that I think that the way that it was put forward is like, as we mentioned, people yeah. don't know what shelf to put it on. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you're, oh, I think my. you're going to get a cult following from people who, who land on it and say, wow, this, it's going to start to become referred to people more. Um, yeah. Right. And I also circles. read something nice about, you know, like, of course, although I wrote it because I just like writing books and I think it's a cool idea to put it out there. You know, I'm not shooting for the bestseller, <laughs> but mm-hmm. of course it would be nice if that, that would happen. But I just read some something uh, about books and bestseller books. It's more like, you know, you should aim for the long seller, not for the bestseller. And that's what I would love to, because these topics are so, um, they're relevant. They have been relevant they will years be ago relevant, yeah. and they will be always relevant. So, um, and I, I'm very lucky and also happy and thankful that I was able to put my part into it and mm. the way I see these kind of um, topics. And if that right. is helpful to anyone out there, then, you know, my job is already done here. There we go. All right. So that was another great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. Um, For all of you guys out there, we are live on Rockfin, Telegram, Twitch, DLive, and in audio format only in Podbean. Um, Drop us a line. Say hello. Let us know that you actually got it because we're we're struggling a little bit right now to see the proper feedback everywhere that uh, everything showed up where it's supposed to be. It was a bit of a (laughs) sketchy start for for the episode today because it didn't launch when it was supposed to. Um, but, uh, you know, 
by 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 doing it and, and uh, looking <laughs> for the feedback. That's how we get better, and that's how yeah. we learn that things are working the way that they should. Absolutely. And uh, to refine it into a way that we all enjoy. Yeah. So all until right. next week, you guys take uh, take care, keep well, have a nice weekend. Yeah. And we'll see you then. Bye bye. <laughs>